Hello and welcome again to Own Your Truth. I am Brianna Johnson. You are currently listening to episode 14 entitled Interracial Relationships Heal the Hate. If you haven't already, I encourage you to jump on over to bahatiteacompany.com, B-A-H-A-T-I, and get yourself some gourmet loose leaf tea blends. I am the co-owner and the creator of those tea blends, and of course, I highly recommend them. Podcasts, after all, are best enjoyed sipping on your favorite cup of tea. If you would like to know more about me, you can jump over to my personal website. I am BriannaJohnson.com. Brianna is B-R-I-A-N-A. On the site, you'll have access to all of my works and publications, content um, for social media as well, and ways to get a hold of me. I'd like to give a special shout out to my listeners in Germany, Jamaica, and Canada. Welcome to everyone who's listening around the globe. Let's go against the grain today, shall we? For those of you who've been listening for a while, you know I love to do this. We challenge normalcy on this channel, breaking down mental barriers so that we can succeed in our ever-changing world. So let's question the norm today as we broach the subject of interracial relationships. I think we'll start off with a brief story. So you're a kindergarten teacher and you're observing everything that's going on in the playground and you see this little boy and this little girl playing together in the sand and nothing really fascinating about that until a little later on when you glance back over at the two and you see them exchanging a quick kiss. As the kindergarten teacher, what do you do about that? Do you tell the two children that that's inappropriate behavior and shouldn't be done at school? Do you tell their parents? Do you talk to them openly in front of the whole class so the whole class knows this is not something that's acceptable? Does your response change when I tell you that it was a little white girl and a little black boy? In this particular story, I happen to be the little white girl and I can tell you that what the teacher did was to tell the parents at least in my case she told my parents I have no idea if she told the boys parents or not and the thing is is that I don't particularly remember ever kissing this little boy but I do remember the reactions that came from me kissing this little boy. Now, if no one had ever said anything, I would have gone about my life and probably forgotten all about this cute little kid. But the thing is, is that I wasn't allowed to forget because my mother made such a big deal about the fact that I liked little black boys. Then she went as far as to tell her sisters and my grandparents. And I became the running joke of the family until I was an adult. I grew up in the 80s primarily. This probably would have been around 1980, 1981, something like that. Interracial relationships were not illegal uh, by any means, but they were not encouraged and they were certainly still frowned upon, especially in the conservative Midwest where I was being raised. And I know what my family's response was, um, but sometimes I wonder what the boy had to endure if his family was told. And even today in our society, there are interracial couples, but I will tell you that they're still getting static from the people around them and even strangers, especially if they do travel together. 
there's no end to the glares, the comments, in, in some cases, some form of, of discrimination. Since the protesting and riots following George Floyd's death, I even read a, a Reddit post by a couple, uh, interracial couple. Um, I believe it was a black gentleman and an Asian woman. And their families were trying to break them up because they were concerned for any children that they may decide to have in the future and what that child is going to have to go through during their lifetime. They were concerned about the prejudice. Um, they were concerned, like, especially with the pandemic and her being Asian. Um, they were concerned about, you know, all of, all of the hate that's going around right now. The rest of the family supported the fact that these two were already married. They had already decided to go down this road knowing that it wasn't going to be easy. And so the other family, you know, came in and supported them and basically told the other parents to go fly a kite, which I think it was great that they got the support. I think it's also sad that the parents in this situation couldn't render um, a support when they already know how much that their children are facing, right? And I understand as a, a parent being afraid for your child, but I also know that no one can really live happily in a state of constant fear and that at some point we have to do what is going to make us happy and not just what's going to appease our neighbors. And despite all of the challenges that interracial relationships have, they actually have a leg up on everyone else right now. You see, in a healthy interracial relationship, both parties have already come to the table regarding personal biases. They've addressed the history that they had growing up, their systemic programming with their family and societal views, and they've had the hard discussions. They both know where they came from, and they are receptive to the other person and the things that they have gone through. Now, they've done the hard work as far as doing the active listening that we've talked about on the channel. You listen not to hear, but you listen to understand. You listen so that you know what the appropriate actions are to take. In these types of relationships, the racism, the biases, the hard work the hard conversations, the things that the rest of the nation and a lot of times monochromatic relationships, I don't even know, um, relationships that are not interracial, they're avoiding. They, they don't need to have. They, they live in, in, and I talked about this before, I say bubble, it's maybe not a great analogy, but they live in this space where they don't have to talk about these things and so they don't talk about these things. But when you're in a interracial relationship, you see the beauty in this other person. It might have even been what attracted you to this other person. You're not hung up on the skin type. You're not hung up on the phenotype. You're not hung up on the labels that society gives this other person. You see so much more than the norm. Now, understandably, there may be things that continue to go on in the relationship based on their uh, different racial backgrounds where conversations have to continue to be had. I will say that at least for me and my interracial relationships, it's something that we talk about, but not because there's a difference of opinion. Um, in my case, we, we both see 
and understand and and agree upon um, our, our our points of view. You know, they they align, and so there's not friction, there's not confrontation there. And for some people, you know, that's not the case. The conversations have to continue, but the thing is, is they're doing it. They're they're doing the hard work, and relationships, regardless of ethnicity of course have their own difficulties there's always things with communication and boundaries and identity and self-respect all of these things that go into a good healthy relationship but with an interracial relationship there is an added step that has to be taken in order for the for the couple to coincide harmoniously it's also been my observation that a lot of the interracial relationships, the individuals are more open. They're more progressive. They're willing to accept other things outside of the regular societal norms. And they've had to. They've had to adapt, especially if they have children. Their child, by birth, does not fit into a societal norm. And if you listened to yesterday's podcast, I was talking about individuals who have skin in the game of the race wars that are going on right now. Interracial relationships can claim that ownership. They have skin in the game, literally and figuratively. There is a family component involved with this. And the more interracial relationships that we have, the more invested our communities become. Now, am I saying everyone has to drop the relationship they're in now and go find someone of a different skin color or ethnic background? No, I'm not. But the thing is, is that we should not hinder this type of progression either. Um, The hatred towards interracial families has to stop because they are the future. They're the ones that are going to get it. Harmony comes from understanding and they understand the families who um, are primarily one ethnic background. It's not just a struggle to try to understand someone else's culture. It takes a lot of effort. You have to be compassionate. You have to be diligent. You have to do your research. You have to find ways to contribute because you're not naturally in those positions where you're like, hey, this is going on in my life right now. It's really not. It's not just going on um, right there in front of you. It, it could be in another state. It could be in another city. It could be someone else's family and you're going, hey, you know, that's not me. I'm so grateful that's not me, but that's not me. And discouraging our children from having interracial relationships can compound the issue because you're saying to your child, I don't want you to be in that relationship. When your child hears that, regardless of the reasons, they come up with their own scenarios of why it's not okay. And in my opinion, there is no right reason for interracial relationships to not exist. What are you going to tell a child about an interracial relationship not being okay? It's going to be hard. Life is hard. You could face hatred and discrimination. Yes. But here's the thing. If you don't want your child to experience those things, then stop the root of the problem. Don't stop your child from being in a happy relationship. All of us have weight in this. All of us 
have skin in the game in some way because we live in this world. And I had posed the question, you know, before, why do we feel the way that we do? Why can I be passionate about this and someone else can't? But the truth of the matter is, is that we really all have to be passionate about this because this is our home. This is where we live. There's a saying that pigs don't shit where they eat. And if we can gain anything from that saying, it's that we have to expect more from where we eat, from where we sleep, from where we live. And that extends to our towns, our communities. It extends to our state. It extends to our federal and national government because this is our home. This is where we live. When I go to another country and I tell them I'm from America, I don't want them to say, I'm sorry. That's a horrible feeling. So the bottom line is, is that people should be able to love whoever it is that they want to love without the fear of the hatred. And if there's a problem with the hatred, we got to get rid of the hatred, not the loving couple. That's insanity. In addition to that, the interracial relationships are our best example of how to coexist together. They show us how to look past the physical, to love the person on the inside, to do the hard work, to break down personal biases, systemic programming, any kind of societal labels, to get to the heart of what really matters. And they do all of this despite what society thinks. I applaud them. They are an inspiration. And all of us should be thanking them for showing us what the rest of us are trying to catch up to do. And despite whether you believe in the science of evolution or whether you believe in strictly scripture study of Exodus, doesn't matter. But we all came from the same ethnic background. We all came from the same phenotype at one point. We were all the same person. So at some point, it's my belief, and again, I'm an idealist, so if you don't agree with me, that's fine. But I do believe that at some point, all of the different cultures and ethnic groups will be blended into one again. And for some people, that's a horrible prospect. They're like, oh, we'll lose all of our culture. No, we'll appreciate all of it because it belongs to all of us. And maybe that's the mentality we need to have now. We need to get into the state of understanding because ultimately, when we understand, we want to preserve. We, we want to take care of. We want to invest in um, the stories, the history, the cultures. Um, what made us this big human family in the first place. And it's my belief that at some point that's what we will be again. And we'll get into more of the religious connotations later on in this week. Because like I said, this week we are just, you know, going in deep. I'm really hoping that you guys are feeling like you're going away with this with something to think about, something to ponder over, maybe something to take action on as well. So I want to thank you for joining my podcast today and until next time, own your truth.